I, uh, I want to read uh, something to you guys this morning. This came out a few years ago. It was called uh, Email of the Year. This is my special gift this morning to all moms, all right? It's, uh, it's dedicated to all the housewives of the world. And here's, here's what it says. A man was sick and tired of going to work every day while his wife got to stay home. He wanted her to see what he went through, so he prayed. Dear Lord, I go to work every day. I put in eight hours my, while my wife merely gets to stay home. I want her to know what I go through. So please allow her body to switch with mine for a day. Amen. I've told you guys many times, be careful what you pray for. You just might get it. This man obviously did not heed that advice. So he prayed that prayer. And here's what happened. God in his infinite wisdom granted the man's wish. The next morning, sure enough, the man awoke as a woman, his wife. He arose, cooked breakfast for his mate, awakened the kids, set out their school clothes, fed them breakfast, packed their lunches, drove them to school, came home, picked up the dry cleaning, took it to the cleaners, stopped at the bank to make a deposit, went grocery shopping, then drove home to put away the groceries, paid the bills, balanced the checkbook. He cleaned the cat's litter box, bathed the dog, then it was already 1 o'clock. He hurried to make the beds, do the laundry, vacuum dust, sweep them off the kitchen floor, ran to the school to pick up the kids, got into an argument with them on the way home, set out milk and cookies, got his kids organized to do their homework, then set up the ironing board and watched TV while he was doing the ironing. At 4.30, he began peeling potatoes, washing vegetables for salad, breaded the pork chops, snapped fresh peas for supper. After supper, he cleaned the kitchen, ran the dishwasher, folded the laundry, bathed the kids, put them to bed at nine, and was exhausted. And though his daily chores weren't finished, he went to bed where he was expected to be intimate with his mate. He managed to get through without complaining. The next morning, he awoke and immediately knelt by his bed and said, Lord, I don't know what I was thinking. I was so wrong to envy my wife's being able to stay home all day. Please, oh please, God, let us trade back. The Lord, in his infinite wisdom, replied, My son, I feel you have learned your lesson, and I'll be happy to change things back to the way they were. You'll just have to wait nine months, though. You got pregnant last night. <laughs> That's for moms everywhere. I, that shouldn't be email of the year. That should be like email of the century, I think. Well, hey, I want you guys to, to take just a few minutes. We're just take a few moments this morning and look at a couple of scriptures. Because not only is this Mother's Day, but once a year on Mother's Day, we do baby dedication. And I know we have some friends and family members and guests that are here today uh, for the baby dedication. I think we dedicated like 14 in the first service. And I think we got 13 or 14 again in this service in just a moment. And so I wanna just want to take a couple of moments and talk to you guys uh, about baby dedication and the significance of it. So if you'll take out your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 8. It's on page 113. If you maybe using one of the Bibles you picked up when you came in this morning. It's in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 8. We'll look at that in just a moment. And uh, baby dedication that we're doing today is a reminder to us of three simple things. Three things. And the first one is this. <coughs> Excuse me. It's first a reminder that children are a gift from God. If you believe that, say yes. I, I know sometimes you wonder about that, but they really are a gift from from God. Psalm 127 verse 3 says it this way. We'll put it on the screen. Behold, children are a heritage of the Lord or a gift 
from God, from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. That our kids are given to us by God. There are reward to us when he blesses us with children. They're a gift from God. You know, I think grandparents especially understand this truth. You know, when you become a grandparent, I heard one grandparent say this. Grandchildren are God's reward to parents for not killing their children. Some of you grandparents can understand that very well. That, that kids, children are a gift from God. I like the way one man said it. A baby is God's opinion that life should go on. It is God's opinion that life should go on. Children come from God, our creator. They're a gift from God. Number two, children should be dedicated to God. Not only are they a gift from God, but they should be dedicated to God. And there's a wonderful story right here in the Old Testament in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 8. Let me just give you a quick background on what we're going to read. There was a woman, her name was Hannah. She was married to a man named Elkanah, her husband. And she desperately wanted a child. But she was not able to bear children yet at this point. And she, she was really distraught about it. She was really upset about it. And, and everything about her was, uh, consumed her, the thought of, I want to have a child. And one day she was really down about it. She was really upset about it. And she was crying her eyes out. And her husband, unwisely like some men, tried to encourage her but with the wrong words. You know, sometimes men, it's best just to keep our mouth shut. And, and so this husband starts in here in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 8. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why are you crying? You know, what's going on? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? And then he says something really stupid. He asks a question. Am I not better to you than ten sons? He's like, am I not good enough? Why do you need children? You have me. I mean, he thought he was all that in a bag of chips. And I mean, I'm sure that did not encourage her at all. And she probably weeped even more. And so then in verse 10... Here's what she decided to do. She decided to go to the Lord. She understood that children are a gift from God. And if she was going to have a child, it was going to come from God. And so verse 10, it says, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the, what church? To the Lord and weeped in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, and she's about to pray a prayer and ask God for a child. She lets us know here that she was a woman of prayer she was a mother of prayer. She was a parent of prayer. And so she goes to God and she says, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. She, she basically made this vow to God. God, if you will bless me with a son, if you will bless me with a child, I'll recognize he's a gift from you. And when I have him, I will give him back to you. I will dedicate him back to you. It says that no razor will come to his head. That was the Nazarite vow. Um, it meant that somebody that was, you know, completely committed to God. And, and what we find out is she dedicated him back to the tabernacle. He became a servant. He became, uh, you know, used in, in, in the service of the Lord. He became a Levite. He became a great prophet and a judge. And she gave him back to the Lord. And, and notice how she keeps her word in verse 19. Then they arose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her, remembered her prayer. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore what, church? A son. And called his name Samuel. Everybody say Samuel. Maybe you've heard of this man. I mean, he was one of the greatest prophets and judges used by God in the Bible. He was an answer to prayer. His very name Samuel means asked 
or requested of God. That's why she gave him that name. It says she named him Samuel saying, because I have asked for him from the Lord. And then she keeps her vow to God. She doesn't just keep her son to herself. She dedicates him back to the Lord. Look down in verse 26, because that's what she promised to do. And she said, oh, my Lord, as your soul lives, my Lord, I am the woman who stood by you here praying to the Lord. Verse 27, for this I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore, I also have lent him or dedicated him to who? To the Lord. As long as he lives, he shall be lent or dedicated to the Lord. So they worship the Lord there. And now she prays to the Lord again, a prayer of worship and praise for what God has done for her. Chapter 2, verse 1, and Hannah prayed and said, my heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemy. She was so happy now. Because I rejoice in your salvation. No one is holy like the Lord. For there is none besides you. Nor is there any rock like our God. And all God's people said, Amen. And she praised the Lord. And she kept her vow to the Lord. And she recognized Something that is very important for us as parents to recognize about our children. She was willing to trust God and give him back to God and dedicate him to God because she believed he was a gift from God and that God had a plan and a purpose and a will for her child's life that was greater than any plan or purpose that she would even have for him. You know, that's an important thing for us as parents to recognize that God is the one that ultimately created our children. God is the one that gifted us with our children. And God has a plan and purpose for our children that is greater than even what we can imagine. If you believe that, say yes. And Hannah recognized that so much that she dedicated Samuel back to the Lord. And God used Samuel in an incredible way to change a lot of people's lives. Children are a gift from God. Children should be dedicated to God. And then third thing that baby dedication is about is parents should dedicate themselves to God. Parents should dedicate themselves to God. You know, when we have a baby dedication service like this, you know, we call it baby dedication, child dedication. But you know what this really is, what we're doing today? It's parent dedication. I want to make sure that it's very clear. We don't believe that because we bring children out on this stage and we pray for them, that that has any saving power that doesn't save them. That doesn't give them eternal life. That is something that only happens when someone is old enough to recognize that God loves them and created them, desires a relationship with them, but it's our sin that has separated us from that relationship. We ask God to forgive us for our sins and recognize Jesus died for us and personally invite him to be Lord and Savior of our life. That's how every person gets eternal life. Amen? And so we can't pray these kids into heaven. We can't pray them into salvation. What is most important is we're asking parents today to dedicate themselves to raise these children in God-honoring homes where they can know the Word of God, they can know the person of God, they can be in the church of God, around the people of God, that will have an influence on that child's life so that when they're 6 or 7 or 8 or 10 or 15 or 16 or some point in their life, that the parent's godly influence will bring them into a relationship with God, but it's a personal decision that they'll make. But that won't happen unless parents dedicate themselves to God. And, and that's as much what baby dedication is as anything else. And you know, just like the story of Hannah with Samuel, we must never underestimate the power of parents and a child dedicated to God.
You follow Samuel's story, if you check it out, the history of it, he went on and changed a nation and turned a nation back to God because of godly parents that dedicated him back to the Lord. I think one of the most challenging scriptures in the Bible for parents, and it's very simple to understand but hard to do, is Proverbs 22.6. And here's a parent's responsibility, to train up a child in the way he should go. To train him in the word of God and the ways of God and to know God and to live that out so kids can see that. Train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old, here's the reward of it, he will not depart from it. And that is what is our prayer today that we're asking these parents to dedicate themselves to, you know, if you want your children to grow up to know God, you've got to know God. If you want your children to serve God, you've got to serve God. If you want your children to love God as parents, you've got to love God. And you'll set that godly example in their life. So we have several parents right now that uh, we're going to bring out on the stage. We're going to give them each a certificate and a rose, I believe, to the moms. And our children's director, Barb Harrington, is going to read their name. And then we're going to have a prayer of dedication for these children and parents at this time.